great. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Pro Skills Basketball Podcast. I am PSB co-founder Logan Kozmalski. Very excited to be joined today by somebody who works for what I think is one of the coolest organizations around with one of the greatest cultures that I've ever experienced uh, firsthand. Um, and I'm talking about USA Basketball, and I'm talking about Jay Dimmings, who is the Youth and Sport Development Division Director. Jay, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Logan. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Well, hey, just let's get this out of the way. So in my hours and hours of research leading up to this podcast, um, it pretty much turned into hours and hours of me reading tweets about how much you love the New England Patriots. So um, yes. I just want to establish that you are a New England football fan that lives in Colorado and works in basketball. Is that about right? That's right. I'm known to like the Patriots, and I apologize to everybody that's listening to this in advance <laughs> for my over-the-top uh, love for that team. And it comes from, just so everybody's aware, uh, that in the early 90s when we were, uh, the Patriots were terrible, um, the games in our area were blacked out. We couldn't watch them on TV because they were so bad nobody would go to the games themselves. And so oh. my grandfather used to make, used to prop me in front of a transistor radio and make me listen to this awful team play uh, for the better part of my childhood. And so when we got good, I uh, became fanatical about it. And so I apologize in advance, but um, yep, New yeah. England Patriot, true. <laughs> I guess we'll accept that answer. You're, you're not a fair weather fan that just hopped on when they started winning. Oh, no. No, I remember the 2-14 and 14 days very well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, cool. Jay, let's start talking a little bit about USA Basketball. Can you, can you tell our listeners what you do and um, you know, what you guys have going on with the uh, Youth and Sport Development Division? Yeah, I'm excited to. Um, well, probably to start, just to, uh, for all of the, uh, your listeners, um, USA Basketball, prior to us starting our youth division, predominantly existed to form teams for international competition. So most notably the Olympics, right, for men and women, but also for, um, you know, our junior team competitions, FIBA competitions, World Cups, uh, Pan American Games, things of that nature. In 2014, we onboarded a youth division to, to take on um, more of the development of the sport. Sort of a charge that we had always been um, responsible for, but we had delegated that out to outside groups. Uh, most notably the Amateur Athletic Union, or as everybody knows, the AAU, but also National Federation of High Schools, local boys and girls clubs, and now in the last, let's say, 15, 20 years, club programs, event operators, um, folks of that nature. So we started our youth division, um, you know, really to bring some structure to the space. And um, we think we've been able to do that. We um, have spun up a number of programs that we think you know, are designed to bring some resources to the people that are delivering basketball. So that's our coach licensing program, which is really our coach certification program, um, but also camps and clinics and, and now tournaments and, and um, you know, a lot of um, girls and women's initiatives that we are involved with. We've partnered with a number of great groups to help um, bring that structure to the space, most notably the NBA and through their junior NBA initiatives, um, but also a lot of other groups that have helped us kind of spread the word of, of um, proper development for young people. And so everything that you'll see in our programming is really based on three tenets, um, to make the game fun for kids, to make it safe for kids, and to 
and to do so in a developmentally appropriate way. Um, and so if essentially our, our motto is if it doesn't tie into one or all of those three things, we, um, we just don't go in that direction. So we're proud of the programs that we put out. We have a long way to go. Uh, by no means do we think the last uh, four years are um, changing basketball holistically. But we, we hope that we're bringing some structure and a model that people can follow. Yeah. So you said you hopped back, USAB sort of hopped back into the space in, in 2014. Um, you said, I apologize if I'm misquoting you, but like things were sort of scattered um, prior to that. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, what you guys saw or, or what USA Basketball saw and, and what really made them decide to, hey, we need to, in 2014, we need to get back into the space and, and kind of give it a little bit more structure. Yeah. Um, if I, if you, if you'd allow me, this kind of, this is an interesting uh, history uh, behind how we kind of spun up our division here. But if um, some of your listeners will remember, back in um, 2002, uh, we, the United States, lost, uh, finished sixth, I believe, at the um, FIBA World Championships on our own home soil in Indianapolis, and uh, then we. Um, didn't win our gold medal in Greece in 2004. Uh, we took home the bronze, and at that time, um, you know, the head of the NBA was David Stern, and the head of the NCAA um, was Miles Brand, and um, and then, then those two entities, along with USA Basketball, decided that something needed to be needed to be changed back at the youth levels to kind of get us back on track. Well, um, many of your listeners will know that in. Um, 2004, 2005, we brought on um, Coach K um, from Duke to lead our um, men's team effort, and Jerry Colangelo came in as our new um, national team um, uh, managing director, and then eventually chairman, and, and at that time, um, USA Basketball wanted to take on a lot of those youth initiatives that had previously delegated. Um, and um, again, David Stern at the NBA and Miles Brand at the NCAA decided that they wanted to be helpful in that endeavor, and they decided that they were going to form a new entity called uh, iHoops, which um, some of you may remember. Um, and iHoops was an independent organization um, um, bringing together the resources of the NBA and the resources of the NCAA to attempt to bring some structure to youth basketball. And after a number of years, some, within some really good people trying to do some really good things, it it became quite evident that it was a pretty large endeavor. Um, IHOOPS um, uh, didn't really have a, a main focus area, and so that organization was sunsetted, and um, David Stern um, and at that time came back to Jerry Colangelo and asked if USA Basketball would take on that youth development initiative that it had wanted to take on a few years back, and we luckily uh, for us said yes, and um, that's how it came up. Um, came to be under USA Basketball's umbrella. The concept and really what we worked on for the entire first year is to interview a number of people in the space and see what was needed. You know, um, why are things a little fractured? You know, what are some of the elements that, um, that caused uh, basketball to be delivered differently in California than it is in Atlanta, just as an example? Um, and what we realized is that there were a lot of people doing a lot of really good things, but there was no unifying entity to bring those good things together. And so that's how we, uh, that's what we thought we could be helpful. Um, we always think that USA Basketball is an intersection of all of the great parts of our game, whether it be the NBA, the NCAA, the WNBA, high schools, AAU. Um, they're all members of USA Basketball. And so as that intersecting 
uh, governing body, uh, we felt like we could really um, be a unifying force and um, not necessarily tell people how to run their programming, but find the best that people are doing, bring it together and promote that so that everybody can at least feel like they're on the same page in principle, if not in actual, um, you know, practical uh, implementation. Hmm, interesting. So w what are some of the youth, um, youth and sport development divisions? What are some of your goals like for 2019? Yeah, so um, interestingly enough, we just changed the name of our division from youth development to youth and sport development. Oh, I'm behind. What, what, what did you that? say it's called now? Oh, no, you were right. It's called Youth and Sport Development. But oh, okay. That's, that's a new, yeah, that's a new title for our division because um, three-on-three basketball, uh, as you may know, became an Olympic sport, and it will be an Olympic sport in the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo. And to develop that sport, um, it's not really a youth initiative, So we, um, but we put it under the youth endeavor before it became an Olympic sport just to kind of develop some interest and participation. And so that's going to remain under this division. Um, and so we changed the name to Youth and Sport Development. And so three-on-three -three basketball will be a huge uh, focus area for USA basketball in 2019 and leading into the 2020 games. And there's a lot of elements involved with that. But also... So can, can I ask you a quick question about that, Jay? Uh, uh, the three-on-three. Yeah. Three. How... Who, who's going to play in, in that? Is that going to be professional... NBA players, is that going to be, you know, anybody that can sign up for, for a three-on-three? Three? I guess, who's going to participate in that, and how do they earn the right to compete in the Olympics in three-on-three? Three? Yeah, right now it's going to be you, me, Brendan Winters. <laughs> okay, and, I like uh, it. Uh, and maybe he can get Steph Curry to join us, but um, it's very much FIBA, the International Basketball Federation, very much made it an extremely inclusive sport. It's almost a different sport entirely, um, the way that, United States will have to qualify to get to the Olympic Games. First of all, only eight countries will be represented, eight for men, eight for women, so that's smaller than um, five on five. And um, uh, the way that the country gets qualified is by having a number of its um, um, players play as many and, and, and do well in as many three on th official three-on-three -three tournaments as they can possibly uh, participate in. And so there's a point-earning system behind that, both for the federation, so both for the United States to gain enough points, but then also for the individual player. So you cannot just come in at the 11th hour and pick the four best players in the United States to play. Okay. They have to have been qualified to be on that roster. And the way they get qualified is by playing in all of those participatory events leading up to the Olympics. So um, I won't get into how into the minutia about we could have a whole podcast just on three and three and I would, I would love to come back and do that um, but as you can see there's a um, you have to be involved in getting the United States qualified in order to make the three on three team um, well you and I might be able to do that but um, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant might not be they have other jobs that take them away from that <laughs> so Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah so that's how how it's going to go now do I do I uh, I hope it's not me and we should hope it's not me because the country well yeah, yeah exactly interesting that's cool I think that I, I mean I think you know doing what you do 
three on three is highly recommended for young kids. Just introduce them into the game and develop a love for the game. It's a lot of a lot of touches, a lot of movement. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out with adults being involved and, and it being an Olympic sport. That's really interesting. Um, I'd like to go back to something you you mentioned before, but the, the fractured nature of of youth basketball. Um, and I would even make an argument that basketball in general is a very fractured sport across. You know, FIBA has different rules than the NBA. The NBA has different rules than the NCAA. You know, the NCAA is different than high school basketball. High school basketball is different across different states. Do you ever envision a day when basketball will be played under the same rules and regulations around the globe? Um, you know, I actually do. Um, the challenge in getting us all there, obviously, is um, is ironically in the popularity of the sport for so long. So. Uh, that has been a blessing and a curse for all of us that are involved in the game, as you know, because um, basketball is so wildly popular. Anybody can play it. Anybody can do it. And it's so accessible, which is what makes it great. So, um, you know, there are multiple governing bodies that, that have a desire to um, deliver their sport in the way that works for them. Um, and so as a result of it being so popular, um, they don't necessarily need to go follow one path because they're successful in the path that they're on. So um, that might be the NCAA, that might be high school, that might be FIBA. Okay. But um, the curse, obviously, is that it also is that it's so popular. Um, they necessarily they don't need to go follow one guiding light. Um, their guiding light has worked so well, and um, you know if we cannot start basketball, stop basketball for a year and then just start over all from the same point. Um, because of its popularity and, how, and, and people are playing it every day, um, nor do I, do I think we want to. So I think it will take some time to do that dance and to kind of blend things together, but I think you are seeing it. I think um, high schools now in particular are starting to consider the, shock, the implementation of the shot clock for all of the right reasons. Um, it might not be a 24-second clock, but it might be a modified version. Um, obviously, um, NCAA, um, the NCAA uh, game, so the collegiate game is taking on more international players. I believe uh, something like 10 or 11 percent of players that play in the NCAA and Division One level now are international um, citizens. And so I think you're going to see more uh, organically, um, more of a uh, an onboarding of, of or international rules across the board. We know the NBA has adopted some of those. Again, not everything, but um, it's looking a lot closer. And for the same reasons, they have an on uh, you know the advent of the international player in the NBA game is growing. Um, has that trickled down to youth basketball yet? Probably not. Uh, will, it, will, will I see it trickle down, or will we see it trickle down to the, um, the, the recreation, local recreation centers in Charlotte, for example? Um, by and large, it's going to take a few years, but I think the more the upper uh, levels do it, I think we'll see a trickle-down effect for sure. Um, we hope to be that unifying force and sort of um, um, and, and, and promoting some general guidelines. We've done that with our partnership with the Junior NBA now. The next iteration of that would be to turn those suggestions into um, more formal uh, rules, if you will, that people can pick them up, train their officials, train their, you know, their, um, their, their tournament directors or their league directors, train the coaches who then can, turn, can train the kids so that we can all get on the same page. I think it'll take some time, but I, we do see it happening. That's interesting. You just brought up something that I was going to ask you a little bit later down the road. But 
we look at what we do with pro skills and, and, you know, our vision is we want to change the vision or sorry, our vision is to, to change the culture of youth basketball. And when we really examine that, we, we think it needs to come in, in the form of, you know, not just are we teaching young players how to play the game, but we want to educate parents on, you know, how they can help their kids be most successful in basketball, how they can incorporate life lessons through basketball, to hopefully change some of the, of the perspective on, like, why parents should want their kids to play besides just trying to earn a scholarship and make millions of dollars in the NBA. Um, and then there's the third bucket of, of uh, training the coaches and, and getting the coaches better educated. You guys, are, you mentioned that you uh, in USA Basketball are really interested in that field. Do you guys feel like your is are those the three buckets that that USA Basketball is focused on? Is you know parent, player, coach education? And is there anything that you know would would you would add to that list, or or anything that you feel like we're more influenced on the coaches as opposed to the kids or the parents? Mm-hmm. I think we well I'll, I'll say this: we started our programming focusing on the coaches, if only because. Um, Statistics will say um, that there are 2.5 million youth basketball coaches in the United States. Now, obviously, most of those are parent coaches, right? Um, and um, everybody, and among those, there are some notable coaches like the Coach K's of the world or the Doc Rivers or the Brad Stevens or what have you. But um, most of us coach because we volunteer to coach for our children or our neighbor's children. And so we chose to focus on that group because they're the ones that are delivering the game to young people. Um, um, we know who they are, we know where they're coaching, we know how they're coaching, and so we can have an impact there on a large number of players by going through great organizations like yours um, who have a number of great coaches to impact as many players as we can. However, we all, we always know that um, you know, parents are the ones that, um, you know, that drive the kids to their games, right? Um, you know, A, a if, it, if, it, if it, you know, if that's the league they're playing in or the tournament they're playing in, they're, they're paying the bill for that and, and covering the expenses, whether it be local or, or you know, in a, in a travel team. So we do know we have to do a, a better job of, of reaching parents. And I think that's true in all facets, not just in basketball or in sports, but in, um, you know, um, you know, educational settings and, and things of that nature. So, you know, we're not alone there. And I think that's a challenge that we all face in every facet of life uh, is educating parents on a, on a, um, a better way or, or appropriate way to do things and what to look for. But we also think there's a huge opportunity um, in educating officials. Um, mm. They uh, deliver the game, um, literally deliver the game on, on site. And if they're all on the same page and if they're all knowing what to look for in terms of game rules, right, like we talked about, but also um, requiring that the coaches have a certification before the, you know, before the jump ball is thrown up in the air. Um, a lot of other uh, organizations, uh, U.S. Youth Soccer being one of them, have that in place. And they have had that in place for a long time, that before the game begins, um, you know, they have a, a card that they read that talks about code of conduct and things like that. They check that to make sure that each soccer coach is certified uh, and current. Um, they had the luxury, perhaps, of, of starting their sport from scratch because pop- soccer hadn't been that popular back when they uh, started up. So everybody went to them as the go-to. We do not have that, so we're trying to change a culture, obviously. Um, so yeah, we definitely think that there's an opportunity there. We think we're doing, we're making good strides in the coaching realm, but uh, our next iteration is to get to parents, obviously, and, and um, 
and then to officials. Yeah. Let's talk about the coaches for a second, Jay. Um, the coaches are your, your primary focus. What are some of the changes that you would you guys would like to see amongst coaches? What are some of the what's the primary focus on? Like, hey, we need to get our coaches to be more like this or to do this differently. What are some of those things? Sure. Um, the first one's pretty obvious. Um, um, to to um, strive to win their basketball games is great, but to to sort of place a less of an emphasis on doing what it takes to win that game is. Um, I think a, a, a principle that we all can agree um, needs to uh, needs to happen. Um, what what people will do to win when they're put in a competitive environment, I think, is um, in some in some cases a little scary. Um, but at the very least, it's um, a little concerning that uh, there are some coaches, um, and we've all seen this, uh, whether it be a Saturday morning rec league game or a high level club or AAU type tournament. Um, or even right on up to the NBA, I think um, people's emotions um, run high in competitive environments, and and we try to take our training materials to, to um, encourage the coach at every level to focus on the development and the betterment of the athlete or the player or the, or the child that they're working with. Um, and we do that in a number of ways. So I think the way that we try to do it in particular is to focus on progressive development of the athlete um, so age and stage appropriate teachings. So, um, you know, don't, don't try to make them two ball dribble and, and catch a tennis ball before they can even walk up and down the court with the ball, uh, thing, things of that nature. And so progressive teaching, I think, is something that we really focus on. And we actually need to do a better job of focusing on that more and promoting that more. Um, a lot of times, I think, when a, an entity like ours or any, any uh, certification group comes in, uh, the immediate nature of that, uh, the immediate reaction to that of a coach is, whoa, are you trying to take away my autonomy uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how I coach my team? And by no means are we trying to do that. We're just trying to perhaps say instead of, uh, um, I should put it this way, just because you can isolate a player on the right-hand side of the court, you know, in 11-year-old basketball to, to, to score a few points doesn't mean that you should. And um, it, that, that's at the heart of it now. Of course, we're keeping score, so um, that's always a tough balance, right? Because you're, you're, there's, a, there's a score on the on the scoreboard. But what does that do for the other eight players that are just sitting around watching this one-on-one um, activity? That's just one example, obviously, and there are others, uh, uh, you know, running up the score, things like that, you know. And so to get us um, focused on changing that, the certification program or our coach license program isn't just about courses that you take um, within the online uh, program, but it's so that I can look across the um, bench or the sideline at the, at the other coach and say, look, you know, we're all on the same page here, and we're, we're here for the right reasons, and we're going to administer this game and, 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 and teach our players, um, at least in principle, strategy is different, but at least in principle, we're, we're going to be on the same page. And I think that's the greatest value that we can bring right now. And to start, uh, we'd like to get a little deeper. But right now, it's unifying that coaching community to realize that, hey, we're all about player development here and not wins and losses. Yeah. You touched on something in, in, that, um, in what you just said towards the beginning about the, you know, the, how emotional things are and how these coaches 
can react emotionally in a competitive environment. And one thing that we're putting a really strong focus on within pro skills this year, and, and I'm kind of I'm going to throw this out there to see if you guys have discussed this at at, uh, at USAB, but it's finding ways to educate our coaches on emotional intelligence and emotional maturity, so they can look at themselves and then and and then be equipped to help the kids emotionally. Um, has USA Basketball touched on that? Are you guys doing anything to address emotional intelligence amongst coaches? Yeah, I would say for us, so um, to wrap our arms around a community that we haven't been in in 40 years, um, we have to do so in a way that makes people feel like they are uh, heard and included, and, and, and quite frankly, in this digital age and, and social media age, in a quick, fast-paced way that um, they can digest that information. So I don't know that we've um, um, gotten into emotional intelligence the way that, um, well, the way actually that you've eloquently described it, but um, we do touch on how to, what to look for and, and how to take um, um, competitive emotion out of your um, repertoire when it comes to teaching kids. And that could be within a game, but it could also be at uh, practices. And so, for example, you know, um, yelling at a child to because they missed the layup is um, an emotional response, but um, but not telling them what they could do to perform that layup better the next time um, would be something that they need to work on. And so we try to focus on it from that aspect and, and, to, and to sort of encourage the coach to put themselves in the child's shoes. Unfortunately, a lot of coaches coached the way they were coached, and that wasn't being promoted, presumably, uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. So... Um, we have a lot of work to do there, but I think, yeah, we can do a better job. We, we actually believe because we are, you know, a national governing body and we can only touch on certain elements, we need you all to dig deeper because you have physical contact points with those coaches on a, on a regular basis. And so um, we are extremely excited to hear that you can dive, dive deeper there, and we would encourage that because that's really the only way basketball is going to change, uh, coaching is going to change for the better. Those, those of you that are on the ground can impart good standards. Um, we can encourage them, but we really need all of you, and we're going to lean on all of you to be able to do that. So yeah. that's really exciting to hear. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, kind of all along those same lines, but talking about USAB and what I said in my intro, um, my first experience with you know up close and personal with USA Basketball was in Las Vegas at a coach's clinic two years ago. And I remember walking away from that clinic just being – thinking to myself that man USA basketball has a very cool culture um and in my eyes it seemed to just be a lot of good people that were passionate about doing things the right way and intelligent people that were articulate and just caring I'm curious is do you feel like that adequately describes the USA basketball culture and and if it does or if it, even if it doesn't what who or what um has gone into creating uh, the USAB culture? Yeah, I think it, well, it certainly predated me. Uh, I came in here and this organization had already been established, again, most predominantly focusing on international competitions and forming teams for that. Um, but we were able to come in when we started the division and, and take, um, um, sort of learn a lesson from the folks that have been here that were already in the door and that preceded those folks in that um, we try to impart what we call the gold standard across all of our programming. And, and by gold standard, that doesn't necessarily mean just winning gold, but how you um, strive 
to, to win that gold medal. So on the national team side, for example, um, we have a lot of athletes that come into camp. Some of them, on the men's side in particular, are making quite a bit of money, and they don't end up making our team. Well, that doesn't mean they're a bad basketball player. It just means that they weren't a good fit for the 12-person roster that we're assembling. And so um, how, um, for the, especially for the first year, how we noticed that our staff, both coaching staff but also our internal employees, treat um, people at that level, um, is what we call the gold standard. And so, um, you know, we, we try to treat everybody um, um, as, as if they're just as important as the next person because they are. And so we were able to take some of those elements, just using that as an example, and impart them into the youth and uh, sport programming that we put together. So gold standard in that division is maybe a little different. So a child comes to camp and, uh, you know, their, you know, their mom's there and, and, and they have a problem checking in or registering. We try to go above and beyond to make sure that they're comfortable to make sure that they, that their, that their needs are met. Um, we, we really focus on, um, particularly in the camp and the clinic programs, making sure that every child has enough touches on the ball, that they're having great experiences, that our coaches are having interactions uh, with every participant, regardless of their ability level. Um, we've, uh, we've learned and we know that every child um, needs to have that um, touch point with a coach and they need to feel like they're being heard and, and they're being a part of what's going on. And so we try to do that regardless of skill level across the board. Now, our programs on the youth and sport development side are, are a lot more inclusive, um, whereas on the national team side, it's extremely exclusive for obvious reasons. Um, so it gets you know, it gets to be harder to do that as we scale out, obviously, right, with that inclusivity. But um, it's a tenant of ours, and, and treating everybody with that gold standard, whether it be a, a speaker that comes to the academy and making sure their needs are met and that they're well-informed, but all the way down, like I said, to that child maybe picking up a ball for the first time. The experiences that they have when they walk into a, a USA basketball gym for a day, to them, um, you know, our staff is no different than – uh, they, they see us as LeBron James or Michael Jordan or, you know, Coach K. So uh, we try to give them that experience to the extent that we can. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, uh, very cool thing to see in person and, and uh, somebody like me that appreciates a, a strong, inclusive culture. It was, was really, really fun to be a part of. So, I, you know, if you're listening out there and, and you have a chance to attend a, a USA Basketball Coaches Clinic or, or a camp for your, your son or daughter, I would uh, – Highly, highly recommend um, checking one of those out. So, Jay, this is one thing. My last question to you. One thing I, I've gotten in the habit of asking all of my guests that I talk to is, what do you see, or what would you like to see um, in the next five years with with the future of, of youth basketball in America? In the next five years, um, and forgive me, this will be a little ambitious, but um, I, I like would it. like to see. Yeah, but. Uh, um, we're pre we've only been, uh, our youth division has only existed for that long. So for us, um, you know, in double the time, um, we, we really feel like um, we would like to see more people playing under unified rule sets um, for, for the betterment of children um, and the game itself and the development of the sport. Um, so in five years, we would love to see uh, more high school associations um, um, follow um, you know, rules more like um, implementing shot clocks, for example, so that we can have better gameplay and, and, and better teaching uh, so that, you know, players can play the game a little bit more fluidly. 
Um, we really want to give the game back to players. We want to see more players going out on their own to play. So a lot of our one program in particular that we run, our open court program, is designed uh, to bring players together to play their way, as our as our tagline. Um, presumably, you and I used to do that when we were growing up. We would head down to the local court. We know nowadays kids wait for their parents to take them to the gym and give them their jersey and their schedule and the officials are there in the gym and or their one or two practices a week or what have you. We, we just need to do a, a better job in the next five years of getting kids to want to play basketball on their own because that's what made the sport so popular in this country to begin with. Um, so I think unified rule sets, more free play for, for athletes. Um, and then I think the last piece would be, um, and I mentioned this earlier, um, unifying our officials to be able to deliver the youth game. Uh, there, there are unification of officials at the collegiate game and the pro levels, like you said, albeit a little fractured, um, but to have a, 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 you know, a unifying force at the youth level. When I say youth, I mean you know, pre-high school level. And um, so that if uh, um, you, know, you walk into a league in uh, Wichita, Kansas, that league might look a little similar to the one that's happening in uh, Orlando, Florida, for example. So. Um, I think if we can accomplish those three things, we'll have done some, uh, we'll have made a, a, a decent impact. We have a long way to go, and I won't talk about a 10 or 15 year plan, but I think um, if we can be involved in that, and again, we're gonna need folks um, like like you have at ProSkills to help us in that endeavor, um, I think we'd be very happy with the future of youth basketball. Well, if, if, if ProSkills and USA Basketball can be on the same team, that's, that'd be, that's exciting for, for somebody like me, so. Um, Jay, really appreciate the time, and uh, I think the last thing is before I, before I let you go, where can people find you on social media? Where can people follow USA Basketball, um, Youth and Sport Development Division on social media, or where can they find camps and clinics and events to go to? Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, first, I'll say you might not want to follow me on social media because I'm that annoying Patriots fan. Yeah, if you want to read about um, the Patriots. Follow Jay Dimmings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned that to you or not, but uh, I love the Patriots. And the, uh, so you might not want to follow me, but I think um, if I could direct everybody to at USAB Youth, uh, which is our tag for uh, all of our, uh, well, Instagram and uh, Twitter certainly, but um, USA Basketball Youth on Facebook, and you can find um, all of the uh, everything you need to know. And then obviously our website is the go-to for everything, USAB.com. Uh, we're one organization, so when you go to that website, you're going to see information about national team programming as well. Um, but we have tabs there, uh, not just for youth, but for three-on-three that you can find ways to either get involved uh, to get your players involved or to, for you to get involved as a volunteer coach for us as well. Um, we're always looking for great volunteers to help us deliver this game. Basketball. Our offices are in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, but basketball by no means runs through our office. It runs through all the good work that you're doing. So as we come to your community, we're always looking for good people to get involved in addition to, you know, participants in our programs. But, um, Logan, thank yeah. you so much for that. Thank yeah. you for all that you and girls do, um, not just there in Charlotte, but I know uh, globally as well. Yeah, well, thanks. I'm a, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of USAB, so this has been a real pleasure to, to have you on. Jay, thanks so much. Hope we can have you back soon. And, uh, again, thanks for your time. Thanks, Logan. Thanks, everybody. Okay, bye-bye.